just ahead on Black Issues Forum. The CDC says the COVID vaccine is now available for younger kids. We'll answer questions about its safety and effectiveness, and we'll also talk about the use of the vaccine for pregnant women. Stay with us. Welcome to Black Issues Forum. I'm Deborah Holt Noel. This week, the CDC approved the COVID vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. No doubt people will again have questions and reservations about the safety and effectiveness of this vaccine before taking their little ones in to get shots. Today, we're answering questions with the state's top health officials. Later on, we will get to also talk with a practicing doctor, but Right now, I'd like to welcome Dr. Mandy Cohen, Secretary for the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, and Victor Armstrong, Chief Health Equity Officer for DHHS. I'm so excited to have both of you here on Black Issues Forum and appreciate the time. Uh, Secretary Cohen, how is North Carolina doing on rates of infection and deaths, first of all, for the vaccinated and unvaccinated communities? Well, first, Deborah, thanks so much for having us here this morning to talk about this important issue. And, you know, what I would say is North Carolina's cases of COVID is getting better. Um, we see the number of cases going down, but we just went through a pretty significant surge of cases because this virus got more contagious over the summer. People have heard about the Delta variant, which was more contagious. And unfortunately, this surge really hit are unvaccinated really hard. If you look at the data, you were five times more likely to get COVID, which means 500% more likely to get COVID if you were unvaccinated. And sadly, you were nearly 20 times more likely to die from COVID if you were unvaccinated. So it continues to reinforce to us that vaccination is so important to protect ourselves and each other um, as we go into the winter months here. Now, I'm glad our cases are going down, but we know this is um, traditionally a winter virus. Coronaviruses, which COVID is, is a winter virus. So we're definitely making sure that we want to continue to protect ourselves as we get into the winter. Absolutely. And those numbers um, play out perhaps differently for communities of color, for marginalized communities. Chief Armstrong, what can you share about how it's impacted those communities and the trajectory? Well, first, uh, Deborah, thank you for having me and uh, thank you for that question. We do know that our communities have been hit hard. Uh, roughly about 21 percent of the cases have been in the black community. And we recognize early on at the department uh, that there were a lot of health disparities and a lot of disparities in the way that the pandemic was was um, affecting different communities. And for a number of different reasons, we know there are, there are historical inequities, uh, inequities in access to care, uh, in insurance. And so we, we recognized that we needed to tailor our responses to be able to account for those inequities. And how's uh, that been going? It's gone very well. We've, we have, um, as a matter of fact, we were recognized by uh, Bloomberg News as uh, best for our data on reporting on, uh, on equity. And we have managed to, uh, to really shift the pendulum. We have closed the gap uh, in the, between uh, Hispanic communities and non-Hispanic communities. And we have narrowed the gap uh, for the black community. 
so, so we have seen great progress uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, and we have been very intentional uh, about addressing those inequities. And now that uh, vaccine is available, there's access, and it's, it's about mostly, I would imagine, people making that decision. Yes, indeed, it, it is. We, one of the things that we have focused on very intentionally is making sure that we are uh, uh, supplying access to historically marginalized communities, being very intentional about partnering with historically marginalized communities uh, and having equitable access to vaccines. So it is about people making that decision. And part of our responsibility um, is to build those trusting relationships. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit, uh, Secretary Cohen, about the potential impact for this vaccine. And we've been talking about access, but when it comes to kids, what's gonna be the um, accessibility to getting a vaccine for those who are interested? Sure, well, folks may remember back at the beginning of this year, which feels like a really long time ago, but um, you know we had a pretty limited supply of vaccine for adults. Luckily, as we go into vaccinating our kids five to 11, supply is not a concern. We actually have a lot of supply of vaccine that is either here or about to arrive here. Um, um, in the next couple of days, we will have over 800 access points for our families to go get their vaccine. We encourage everyone to visit myspot.nc.gov. That's the best place where you can put your zip code in. You can find a location near you, and you can also get your answers to questions about the vaccine. We're hoping to go through some of those questions today, but if, if you um, have other questions, myspot.nc.gov will both help you locate a place place to uh, vaccinate your kids as well as help you answer some additional questions. That is so critical. Thank you for sharing that information, myspot.nc.gov, to find out where you should go to get the vaccine, correct? Correct. And um, when it comes to uh, best practices, I mean, we're talking about the vaccine, but for both the vaccinated and unvaccinated community. Can you share once again, I don't think we can share it enough, best practices for protecting yourself against infection of COVID? Well, the science and data is very clear that vaccine is the best way to protect yourself and your family uh, from COVID-19. Vaccines are safe and they work. Um, but we have other tools out there, but vaccine is certainly number one. We wanna make sure folks know that there is treatment for COVID. That is something we didn't have at the beginning of this pandemic, but we now have a treatment um, that you can get. You have to go to a doctor's office or a hospital to get this treatment. And it's called a monoclonal antibody. It is either an injection or an infusion, so it's not a pill. So you do have to call your doctor or your other healthcare professional and you need to get it early. The importance of treatment is getting it as soon as, as you can, because the sooner you get it, the better it works. And so we want you to get it within 10 days of your first symptom, which means it's important to get tested to know if you have COVID. So vaccine number one, treatment is available and make sure you're calling your, your doctor or other healthcare professional. And then the third is obviously, we all still to need to be thinking about protecting each other and wearing masks. Masks, particularly when we're in public settings and we're around others who aren't vaccinated, particularly our, our kids who are just today starting to get vaccinated. We know they're largely unvaccinated, wanting to protect them. So masks are still an important component of protection. I want to key in on that, um, that 
availability that you just mentioned, because I think probably a lot of people aren't aware. And Chief Armstrong, perhaps you can share a little bit more about if you do get infected and uh, what Dr. Cohen was talking about. Um, how available is this treatment? And what's it called? What do you ask for? So I am smart enough to know to defer the medical questions to the doctor. So I'm, I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Dr. Cohen address that one. Okay, Dr. Cohen. Sure. Well, first you want to call your your doctor or other healthcare professional if you do do not have a doctor. Make sure that you're calling one of your local federally qualified health centers. There are health centers all over um, the state um, to make sure that you can get access to this. You can also again you can find information on our website about my clonal antibodies and what you want to say to folks is just say the COVID treatment because we only have one right now and it's not a pill so I think if you say COVID treatment they will know it is called a monoclonal antibody it is again either an injection or an infusion um, we have again supply across the state though are, there are specific locations that you would have to go to not every doctor's office is going to have it but they'll be able to help you navigate to where you you can get it and again earlier treatment is better. And I want to remind everyone, vaccine, still the best protection against COVID. Absolutely. People need to get that information about vaccinating and protecting themselves against this infection. We're talking about the COVID vaccine and recent approved use for children ages 5 to 11 to vaccinate or not vaccinate is an individual choice, but for those who choose to get the vaccine, DHHS is working hard to provide information to help answer common questions. Everyone's just kind of waiting to kind of cross the finish line with vaccinating the whole families. It offers that protection, that critical protection that kids deserve so that they can live life. We wanna make sure that she is protected. Very jealous when my brother had gotten the shot and I just really wanted to the shot itself doesn't hurt that much, and you can know protected from COVID. Kids have a spot to, to take, take their, their shot. Everyone five and older can get a COVID-19 vaccine. Visit myspot.nc.gov. And right now, I'd like to welcome Dr. Velma Termina, a practicing physician and OBGYN in Hillsborough, North Carolina. So pleased that you're able to join us. Um, first, I want to get an, a question out to Secretary Cohen. This week, of course, the CDC announced that the COVID vaccine's safe to administer to kids. Which vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, are currently approved? And at what dose? Yeah, Deborah, we're really excited that now we have an, a, an authorized vaccine for our 5 to 11-year-olds. It is the Pfizer vaccine that is authorized. It's a smaller dose of the adult dose, so um, it's about a third of the dose. Um, and what we've seen is it has also gone through the same rigorous clinical trials that the original adult uh, vaccine went through. Um, some of those trials were right here in North Carolina, and you saw some of the those kids uh, uh, in the PSA talking about that. They were part of those clinical trials. Um, so it was great to, to include them. And, you know, I will say, uh, folks know in North Carolina, I'm a mom of a seven and a nine-year-old, and we will be getting our vaccines <laughs> tomorrow. So we're really excited about it. Look, no kid loves getting a shot, um, but as, <laughs> as excited as they can be, my kids are excited about getting protected tomorrow. Uh, you know, because look, the bottom line is kids are still 
still vulnerable to COVID. Um, you know, we've been lucky that kids haven't been quite as affected as adults, but we know co kids get COVID. Unfortunately, we've seen kids in the hospital from COVID. They have long, longer effects of COVID afterwards. They have a, something called an inflammatory disorder related to it. So there are many reasons why I think it's really important for parents to get their kids vaccinated. It's why I'm getting my kids vaccinated tomorrow. Wow, and I'll admit I'm a little excited as well. I've got a child that's in that age range, and so we're looking forward to uh, finding a spot and getting the shot right. <laughs> before the holidays. Um, let me bring you in, Dr. Termina. You know, as parents um, and loved ones are preparing their kids for this shot, is there anything that they need to know about uh, preparation or potential side effects? No, I think that they just they need to prepare them just like they did, hopefully for themselves. I mean, you know, like Dr. Cohen mentioned, you know, you do get worried about going to get another shot, but it's the same thing. It's just prepare them, talk to them, tell them what to expect, and the side effects that they are going to see afterwards are going to be similar to what we saw in the adult population. Okay, so get get ready. And uh, Chief Armstrong, can you share what DHHS is doing to ensure that communities of color and marginalized communities have equal access to the vaccine for children? Sure, and we, we do recognize that we still have a, a lot of work to do in, in really closing the gap on some access and, and availability for uh, healthcare services in communities of color. Uh, but we are very proud of the work that we, are, we have done and, and continue to do around vaccines. And as we have with the adult vaccine, Vaccines. We are working with uh, partners in the community, building relationships uh, in the community, partnering with respected voices in the community to get the word out about vaccines so that people know where the vaccines are, and really building that layer of trust so that people trust us about uh, taking the vaccines. And then uh, the second thing that we're doing is making sure that we are providing access. So we're uh, working with uh, providers in the community, we're working with local partners in the community, uh, trying to make sure that we have resources in the community where people can access them. We have folks on the ground working to, to make sure that there's uh, reliable transportation to get to those vaccine sites, and um, even establishing some pop-up sites across the state uh, to, to make sure that we have additional access. We have folks on the ground that are reaching out to uh, local health departments, local pharmacies, asking if there's anything that we can do to assist in uh, getting people access to those vaccines. And then the final thing I'd say that we're doing is, is investing in the community. We have partnerships in the community. We, we have partnered uh, with uh, NC Counts um, to, to uh, establish um, uh, relationships on the ground, hiring people in the community to work in the community, people that know the community and, are, and that are trusted in the community, uh, to help us set up these, um, these accessible sites uh, so that people uh, are both aware of where the vaccines are, trust the people who are directing them to those vaccines, and then have the ability to get there. That partnering with local communities is so key and important to the trust issue. And, you know, on the subject of trust, uh, Secretary Cohen, can you share what the confidence in this vaccine is based on? So, well, a couple of things. I want to make sure folks know, again, as I said before, these vaccines have been through rigor rigorous clinical trials. They are the same uh, type of vaccine that is used in the adults. It's just a smaller dose. So we've seen millions and millions and millions of adults get vaccinated safely. Um, we've seen the, the safety in these clinical trials. So that's why I've made the decision for my daughters to get us vaccinated um, tomorrow. But what I would say is I know that there are 
questions. I know folks will have questions. I think it's right as a parent to ask questions um, because you want to protect your child. So I'd encourage you to reach out to your pediatrician, um, to another medical professional, um, or you can look for trusted information either on the Center for Disease Control, the CDC website, our website at North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Um, make sure you're getting good, accurate information about this. But I think the thing that I could do as, as a mom, as a doctor, is to share with folks what I would do for my own children. Um, and again, that is making the decision to get them vaccinated as soon as possible um, to make sure I'm protecting them. And getting that information to give your own self the assurance is so important, but even more important is going to a credible source. So the CDC is a credible source to get that information. And, you know, Dr. Termina, I want to talk about a very unique community. Uh, they're the people who are bringing new children into the world, and that's pregnant women. Can you share what you know about safety of the vaccine for pregnant women? Yes, yeah, so I mean, it is absolutely safe to use in pregnancy. So, you know, we have this question every day in our offices and it may be that, you know, whether somebody is trying to get pregnant, they've just had a baby or they're currently pregnant and you have to meet patients where they are. You have to give them the information that they need to be able to make that decision, but it is safe to take during pregnancy. You know, we do know that uh, there are significant risk of to that pregnant woman if they get COVID during their pregnancy. So in the end of September, the CDC just issued an urgent um, health advisory recommending that we refocus again on women that are currently pregnant, women that have just delivered, or women that want to become pregnant because we were seeing increased numbers of complications in that population. And at that point, only 34% of our women, pregnant women had been vaccinated. So we know we have room, we know we have work to do in this segment, but um, we now have over 169,000 pregnant women in the United States that have received at least one dose of the vaccine. So we are able to track those women. We're able to look at their outcomes. So we are very reassured with the recommendations that we have right now. We've also seen in recent studies that there are um, antibodies that are found in the breast milk of the women who received the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So we know that there may be more protection for their babies which right now they're not eligible to receive vaccines. So again, that's another way to protect your family. But we get this, you know, but again, whether we're talking about our current pregnancy or the children, we may have other children at home. You want to continue to have that dialogue so that everyone is comfortable with the decision they're making for themselves. So there's certainly going to be those who decide that they're going to wait or that they're not going to get vaccinated. Can you share a little bit about uh, the potential risk and, and what you've um, seen or witnessed in your own practice? Well, it's recommended initially. We used to say that we would offer it in the third trimester, but they've now been able to offer the vaccine to women in all trimesters, and we are not seeing any adverse outcomes throughout their pregnancy. So when somebody is asking, when should I get it? Our response is, as soon as you can because you don't want, you know, you've got an option to prevent complications. So we've, we know that it's safe. We encourage everybody to get it as soon as possible. Dr. Cohen, can you just share what the potential um, impact once again is for getting children vaccinated and, and increasing vaccinations among pregnant women um, in terms of just our lifestyle changes and what the potential for that is? 
Sure. Well, look, we've knows we know COVID has turned everyone's life upside down. It's been a hard couple of years for folks, and uh, you know what vaccines offer is that level of protection, so we can hopefully put this pandemic in our rear view mirror. Uh, as I as I said, no vaccine is is perfect, and as we've seen. The, the virus changes, our immunity uh, doesn't stay as strong over time. And so our scientists and our doctors are gonna continue to make sure that we're taking steps to protect ourselves. So we know for adults already, we are asking folks to get a booster shot, um, for example. But we know if we vaccinate our kids, if we take our vaccines and, uh, and the boosters as recommended, um, that we're gonna be able to put this virus and this pandemic in a rear view mirror. I know everyone um, wants to get back to what it was like before COVID. Um, and I think we can get there. I see our cases going down. And if we use these tools, the vaccines I've talked about, now we have more treatments uh, coming out and we see some treatments um, on the horizon that are coming, a pill. It's not here yet, but it may be in a few months and we are using masks in higher risk settings, I think that's the way we protect ourselves and get back, back to normal and to the things and places we love. And there's certainly people out there who've already gotten the vaccine and now it is booster time. Can you share what you know about um, getting the booster and should people get, you know, the same booster for the same brand of vaccine that they had before or is there really research on that yet? Sure, so what we know is that you can get any of the three vaccines, the good news is they are all safe. That's fantastic. Um, and then the decision is, do you stick with what you had before or go with something else? Um, what I would say is I'll share my personal experience. I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as my first vaccine. Um, and right now it is recommended for everyone who got Johnson & Johnson after two months to get a booster. And we have some preliminary evidence that shows a better immune response if you actually change to one of the other other vaccines, a Moderna or a Pfizer. Um, and so that's what I did. So I took J&J as my first shot. I actually got a Moderna booster about two weeks ago. Um, and so I would encourage folks to uh, look, look at that um, option for them. If you've gotten a Pfizer or a Moderna vaccine, if you're over 65, we are recommending that everyone gets a booster. If you're under 65, but you are in um, a, a job uh, that that puts you in contact with a lot of people, we recommend you, you get a booster as well. And certainly if you have any underlying medical conditions that suppress your immune system, cancer or others, um, we definitely recommend that you get an additional dose of vaccine. Very helpful advice. And I wanna stick with our medical professionals with this question about fertility, which can impact women and certainly men. What can you share about the impact of the vaccine on fertility? Dr. Cohen, well, again, Dr. That's Termina. Probably, that's probably the second, well, I'll take that. That's probably the second question that we get on a regular basis and not just with the COVID vaccine, but all but all vaccines, you know, we currently do not have any vaccines, including COVID-19, that impact your ability um, to achieve pregnancy. So it's recommended that everyone um, who is trying to get pregnant, who is seeking fertility treatment, that you make that part of your, I call it my checklist, you know, things to do before you conceive. You know, we just were recommending that they add that to their list. And um, we also have the Society of Reproductive Males in Urology has currently 
is currently recommending that all men who want to become fathers, that they become vaccinated, because we've seen some studies that have shown that uh, that COVID-19 can cause erectile dysfunction in men. So we want to protect both parties. And so it's recommended that anybody that's trying to get pregnant um, be vaccinated as soon as possible as well. Thank you for sharing that, because I think the message about the impact of not getting uh, the vaccine mm -hmm. or rather of possibly getting COVID and that impact on uh, ED, uh, that has not been a strong message, but it's a very important message out there. Chief mm -hmm. Armstrong, can you share once again with everyone, they have questions um, that they want to get answered if they want to know where to go and how to get the vaccine for their children, where can they go? How do they get that information? So first, I'd say uh, always feel feel free to talk to a qualified medical professional, your doctor, a nurse, or other medical professional. And then beyond that, go to trusted sources. You can also always go to the CDC. You can go to our DHHS website. Uh, but we encourage people to go to trusted sources. There are resources out there. Uh, the vaccines are available. One of the things that we are really pleased about is the availability of vaccines. We are focused on boosters. We're focused on PEDS uh, vaccines, making sure that we are getting them out in the community. Um, so I do encourage people to go to trusted sources. There's a lot of misinformation out there um, about vaccines. So I do encourage people to go to trusted sources, get the information, get vaccinated. Thank you very much, Chief Victor Armstrong. We hope that we are being a trusted source of information today. I want to thank you as well as Secretary Dr. Mandy Cohen and Dr. Velma Termina. Thank you so much for coming onto Black Issues Forum today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Deborah. It's our pleasure. Once again, I want to thank all of today's guests. We invite you to engage with us on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag Black Issues Forum. And you can find our episodes in full on pbsnc.org slash Black Issues Forum or listen at any time on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. For Black Issues Forum, I'm Deborah Holt-Noel. Thanks for watching. Quality Public Television is made possible through the financial contributions of viewers like you, who invite you to join them in supporting PBSNC.